All righty, back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterman. Glad you guys could be with me here. Good stuff there with Jeremy. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I Just trying to figure out what exactly is going through a Texans media member's mind, what's going through the Texans. As uh, there, There's so many different ways you can look at them. Flacco threw for 368 against Houston. But I'm not really confused by that part of things. I watched the Texans on Saturday. I don't think their defense is any good. They don't know how to tackle. I don't know anybody that thinks they can tackle. Jeremy himself was like, hey, yeah, that, that game probably shouldn't have gone the way that it went, the way that Jonathan Taylor was playing. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Panthers beat him in week eight. Desmond Ritter threw for 329 yards. The Jets hung 30 on this Texans defense. They let some really questionable quarterbacks have some pretty great games, and, and, and they – it may not matter here, obviously. They might be one of those teams that rise to the opponent and, uh, you know, they play their best against good teams and their worst against bad teams. But it's not like they got a bunch of really big-time wins. They beat the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, they're, they're fine. They're not a bad football team. Uh, but I, I think it's interesting when you, when you give it the perspective of whether or not there's pressure on this Browns team. And I'm already getting some tweets. I want to hear from you, 216-474-0092. A lot of you guys chiming in, as always. Ranting and cleese, like tons of pressure. What is the Flacco fever? Best defense known to mankind. Stefanski, Coach of the Year, talk all about if this is house money. Well, all right, so what we need to clarify. The house money thing was for the Texans. The, the, the narrative in Houston, and we asked Jeremy about it, how we'll play Sean Pendergast in two seconds, but the narrative around Houston media, is that their year one of D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins and the whole group that they got building up over there, and so they just don't have to, they don't have to put that type of pressure on themselves. And is that not understandable? I think that's pretty understandable. You're two and a half point favorites on the road against the Texans if you're the Browns, though. You don't live with those same luxuries that Houston has for a couple of different reasons. One, Houston knows that they have the recipe. One thing that kind of worries me about this year, and I'm not talking long-term or anything like that, I'm just just spitballing a little bit here, is the idea that although we're having this great season, and I can tell you that defense is a big part of it, when it comes to the quarterback position, because Joe Flacco's 38 years old, we don't have a long-term, and Deshaun Watson's the long-term answer, sure, but Deshaun Watson, although he went 4-1 and one with us this year, Deshaun Watson hasn't shown us that he can have a deep postseason run with us. Deshaun Watson hasn't shown us that he can win you 11, potentially 12 games if he had played the final game of the season. It just We haven't seen it throughout a whole year. Do I believe that's what would have happened? I, I, it's too hard to say. It's just too hard to say. I've never seen him put up numbers that Joe Flacco put up in the previous five games. Whereas the Texans don't have to ask themselves those questions. They saw a year of C.J. Stroud. They watched him only throw five interceptions. They watched him have the uh, more, more passing yards per game than anybody in the NFL this year. They watched him do it. So they know. They got to crawl to walk to run. They're going to build this thing up. And for the next 10, 15 years, they're going to be competitive on the backs of C.J. Stroud. Barring something crazy happening, obviously. It is Houston, and they've gone down that road before where they think they have a franchise quarterback, and then uh, all of a sudden uh, the franchise quarterback wants out, and then things happen, and then situations happen, and you guys know where I'm going there. Barring something crazy happening, they got the guy for the next 10 to 15 years, and that's what Houston fans are really concerned with. Whereas we have a little bit more all chips in the middle of the table. We do. This team as constructed, 
was built for the apex of Baker Mayfield. That's what this is. This is supposed to be Baker Mayfield, age 27, age 28, the uh, what year six in his NFL career, like really hitting his stride at the same time as Miles Garrett hitting his stride, the same time Nick Chubb is still supposed to be really, really effective and would have been if he had been healthy all year long. Like th- This team was constructed with the idea that all these players would be hitting their apex right now and would be at their, their very best of football, and we'd be reaping the benefits of it. This, was not a, this is not the, the team that was built with a... Uh, we're a couple years away. This was a team that was built with right now is right now, and we got to win. Now, we sped up that process with Deshaun Watson, sure, but this team was supposed to win. This Browns team was supposed to win and supposed to do good things. When I ask you 216474 to below 92, I was shocked earlier today. All throughout the day, the amount of people that seemed like there wasn't pressure on this Browns team. I, I look all, all the way around, and all I see is, is pressure on this Browns team because they win this weekend – means something. If you lose this weekend, we don't have that house money luxury that Houston has. We just don't have it. In fact, Sean Pendergast, 6'10 in Houston, was on earlier today on Ken and Anthony. This is what he had to say about the Texans and what they're playing for versus what the Browns are playing for. Even if they finished 9-8 and eight and lost to the Colts, the, the theme today coming in would have been that it, this season was a huge success. And you got your quarterback, you got your head coach, you got a ton of cap space, all that stuff. So now I think it's really it's a feeling that it's house money. You know what I mean? Like, And maybe the fact that they won the division and you've got a home game changes expectations a little bit, that there may be some disappointment if you don't win a playoff game. But I still think, you know, 10-7, and seven, nobody dreamt this before the season. So I think everybody's feeling good. I think it's that house money feeling. And, uh, and let's go on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's all about what your perception was uh, throughout the majority of the season. And even though we've had our ups and downs, and we are a roller coaster of a franchise, we've had our ups and downs, the large majority of the season has been built with the idea that the Browns have one of the best defenses the NFL has seen in the previous decade. You guys know I listen to a lot of Detroit Sports Talk Radio. I just, I like Detroit Sports Talk Radio. Our guy Mike Valeni, the flamethrower, who you can hear Friday nights with Boomer Esiason right here on 92.3 The Fan. I think he does a very good job. They have massively high numbers, right? So I tuned in a little bit today, and I was like, well, what's Detroit talking about after that 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 Dan Campbell decision in Week 18 to play Sam Laporta, their prize tight end, arguably their third most important offensive piece second most important non-quarterback piece they have on that roster on the offensive side of the ball. And they're talking as if the season is over. They're talking as if Dan Campbell and playing Sam Laporta uh, basically zapped their entire year because now they got a chance to go ahead and take on a Rams team that's playing really good football and they got a big they got a big problem on their hand. Dan Campbell beloved to the media plays Laporta in a game on Sunday that was essentially meaningless. Haven't heard too many people rip him, by the way, for playing a guy in Sam Laporta, but whatever. And now the Lions game is a real game on Sunday. I think the difference here is that the Browns, it doesn't feel like to me, like we're so reliant on just one guy. It, it never has felt like we're so reliant on one guy. But the, the Lions went through this entire year, and they had so much pressure on themselves. They open up the season with that win against Kansas City, and from Jump Street, you feel like you have to have a bunch of pressure on yourself. And this is the year that it's all starting to come together, and they have their head coach, and Jared Goff is playing good football, and there's all sorts of different elements to this. Browns are very similar. Whether it's been Joe Flacco, P.J. Walker, whether it's been Deshaun Watson, whether it's been DTR, doesn't matter. 
anyone but Jeff Driscoll, it really hasn't mattered. We'd have the pressure on us because this team, this team has had such high expectations. And this team has been playing with the idea that they're supposed to be winning these games. And they're supposed to be winning a postseason game. There was a little bit of a stretch six or seven weeks ago somewhere around the P.J. Walker era of Browns football, where I feel like Browns fans fell back into the idea of just don't embarrass ourselves for week one of the postseason. We'll get into the postseason, just don't embarrass ourselves for week one of the postseason, and we'll be fine. But to suggest that there isn't pressure on this Browns team, it's just not true. 216-474-0092. Is there pressure on this Browns team to you? If you're not finding it, let me know. I want to hear from you. I just, for me, it's one win, and then we got to the spot where it's, you know, house money. That's where we'll be at with house money. Get me to one win in the postseason. And then if the playoff field plays out the way that I believe it'll play out, we're going to take on the Ravens in the second game, assuming we get past, which maybe is a broad assumption of me, but we take on the Ravens in the second game, and then it is what it is. Then you let the chips fall where they, they may, and I, I can't get mad at you one way or another. You lose to Baltimore with Lamar Jackson as league MVP, them being the number one seed, Harbaugh coaching his ass off this year. Nobody can get mad at you for that. Nobody can get mad at you for that. But how I know expectations have been raised is that conversation that happened on the morning show, where the morning show was asking about the Steelers and seeding purposes. This is a don't put the cart before the horse type city. Nobody was calling them out on their logic, asking about whether or not uh, you'd root for the Steelers so that the Browns have a home field round two matchup. Nobody was asking those questions. Nobody. You're like, oh, yeah, of course we're going to beat the Texans. Of course we're going to make sure that we roll through Houston. Of course we're going to do this because the expectations are there. It's as simple as that. Five weeks ago. We were playing to just not be embarrassed in the first round of the postseason. Now it's just not the case. And I do feel like it's not a bad thing. You know, it's some people's outlook in life. The mentality in life is just do everything at the bare minimum so people don't ask you to do everything all the time. They play with these really low expectations. Don't work too hard or do too good of a job because then more will be expected or demanded. I feel like this was me as a child. As a child, I I vividly remember my parents asking me to do certain things and then me just not doing them that great because I knew if I didn't do them that great, they wouldn't ask me to do them again. It's an awful mindset to have. I feel like I've I've gotten rid of that mentality. I've shifted my mindset to just always doing the very best I possibly can. And if the very best isn't good enough, then whatever, at least I gave it my all. But I remember as a kid, you know, like, oh, yeah, ask me to to pull the weeds. I'm going to pull them. But I'm not going to do a job like I'm a landscaper out there. I'm just going to do a job that's like, all right, we left a couple out there, so they feel like I didn't do a great job, but I, they also don't ask me to do it again, but they don't yell at me saying bad job. Like, that's a mentality some people have. If you give people low expectations, they will run with it. They will. They're not going to ask you to do much. I like the fact that we have high expectations with this Browns team. We expect more. We demand more. They're the straight-A student, right? Straight-A student. You expect them to go to an Ivy League institution. You expect them to go to a a really nice school. You expect them to accomplish things in life. Nobody expects the guy that gets C-minuses all throughout high school to really turn into a millionaire. It happens, though. It ha- for sure it happens, but the expectations are different, and expectations are such a real thing in life for those reasons, right? They're such a real thing in life. 
I like that the Browns and Browns fans have expectations for this team. You should. Because if, if we have expectations for you, it means you've given us reason to have expectations. Part of the reason why uh, Jeremy and Sean and all these other Houston media members that we've had on the station today are, are saying house money, it's because they watched that Texans team lose in Week 8 to Carolina. They watched Desmond Ritter throw for 350 yards. They watched them absolutely vomit all over the shoes time and time again. They know it's in the cards. They know that can happen any given game to this Texans team. The difference here is that we haven't seen it with Brown's team because we have the expectations attached that this team is good and this team should accomplish things. 216-474-0092. Is there pressure on this Brown's team? I think pressure is a great thing for this Brown's team. Nate Nashtabula up next on The Fan. What's up, Nate? Hey, how you doing? Hey, man, how's it going? Pretty good. I believe that there is pressure on this team because you are playing a team who is playing, admittedly, their butts off to get where they are, but did not expect to be doing this well when they drafted C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. As the Browns, we have high-end talent and are expected to at least go to the playoffs or miss it by a thin margin, I would say. Yeah, I mean, Nate, I don't know about you, but I anything short of winning this playoff game, and I, I'm not saying you make drastic changes because of it, but what I am saying is that it would be it would be devastating to me. It would. Like you beat Baltimore, are you beat Houston? You lose to Baltimore. Who's gonna get mad at you for playing against? Can't get one mad of the at that and yeah. losing. Yeah, you can't get mad at that. That happens, right? That that happens. But Houston, Absolutely. you gotta beat Houston. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like falling short to the Niners in the Super Bowl. It happens. They play really good ball. Yeah, you're 100%. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate you as always. I want to hear from you. 216-474-0092. Is there pressure on this Browns team? If they fall short, I don't know what the ramifications would be because it's been such a banner year. It's been such a great year. And you want to turn around, it's like, well, we, we went through five quarterbacks. What did you possibly expect? Well, as of right now, I expect more. I do. Is that unfair of me to expect at least a playoff win from this Browns team this postseason? 216-474-0092 on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. It's overtime with John of the Beatle here with you on The Fan. Ohio State, the new starting quarterback in Will Howard. Nick Wilson, Spencer German break down the addition with Kansas State announcer Matt Walters on the new Sons of the Shoe. Plus the latest on offensive line visits from the portal. Follow Sons of the Shoe, 9823thefan.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. Back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could be with me here tonight. We've done a good job so far of... Not coughing a ton. I, I got COVID last week. I have been positive. And so I'm doing the show from my house, which has actually been really nice for a lot of reasons. I miss talking to everyone back at the studio, though. I do like my chit-chats in between the uh, the segments, but it has been nice. I've been able to like, see my daughter in between breaks. I've been able to go see my wife. It's kind of been it's been kind of fun. I'm gonna, it, it reminds me a little bit of COVID 2020, the, the pandemic, a little bit of that. But not in a the world is crashing type way. So that part is nice too, I guess, all things considered. I'm doing well. The only thing and the only reason why I tell you this, though, is because uh, if I do at some point 
cough a ton. I just need you guys to know what that is. I have not yet done it. We've done good through the first, like, hour 40. But yesterday during the pregame show, I felt like the more we talked and the more we got there, the more things had a chance to spiral out of control. It didn't, but it was close. Tay Seth, Sumer Sports, Sumer Athletics. Uh, he's going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes, get you the latest on not only where the Browns are at, but also kind of the latest around the playoffs as well and everyone getting ready. I am asking you guys at 216-474 to below 92 whether or not there's actual pressure on this Browns team. And I, I think not having expectations is what happened back when you could serve this fan base raw garbage on a platter, and we all thought it tasted like caviar. I think you guys deserve better. I do. I, I want more for you guys because expectations are put on people that have a chance to achieve things. Nobody in life puts expectations on the temporarily unhoused person that is struggling to get by. But you put expectations on the person that has a really nice job, has a nice car, has a nice house, has their life together. Those are the type of people that you put expectations on. I, I think it's fascinating. Whether we talk to Jeremy Branham, whether we talk to Sean Pendergast, anyone we've talked to, uh, all of our friends in Houston, they've all told us there's no pressure on Houston. And I'm like, that must be nice. And maybe that's where this conversation is eventually heading. As the week moves on, maybe more and more people will come to terms with what's actually at stake. We are not playing with house money. Now, there are no ramifications, and jobs won't be lost if we lose this game. I need to make that abundantly clear. It's, we're not playing with the idea that if the Browns lose this game, well, there goes Stefanski's job. You got to figure out something else with the front office. You got to do something brand new at this place and this. No, 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 no. It's a weird spot in that you are given free reign and you are given the luxury of what house money affords, but it's not actually house money. Because if you lose this game, the idea that the Browns have built up their culture in such a way that can sustain huge meltdowns will cease to exist. That's what I think is so important about this. If the Browns lose this game, every time we've turned around and said, well, same old Browns, they're going to lose it, and then they didn't this year, we'll go poof up in smoke. The buy-in from the fans and the amount of people that have called me in the previous month to tell me this team is going to the Super Bowl or this team is a team of destiny, this team is magical, this team is this, this team is that, the amount of people that have called in and have been able to tell me the tell me that with a straight face, that's how I know there's expectations. That's how I know there's pressure. Now, as I mentioned, though, I think it's a really good spot for the fan base to be in. And that this is not one of those scenarios where if they lose, all of a sudden uh, it'll seem like the house is on fire and we got a big issue on our hands. That is not the case. We're in a good spot in that they, the, the house is stable. If anything, you only got to worry about Jim Schwartz potentially becoming a head coach for a different team instead of being our defensive coordinator. But things are stable. The culture's good. This is where the Browns need to be living. 216474 to below 92. But make no mistake about it. it. I will be devastated. And I will be confused if they lose on Saturday. You don't truly get upset unless you think you had a real chance. It's like if I place a large bet on a, a, a gamble of mine that's worth uh, plus 2,000, 20 to 1. Might be a larger bet, but I can't get upset when that one loses. Can't get upset with that. I get upset when I place a large bet on a heavy favorite, and that doesn't cash. 
expectations in life are half of life. You got to understand that. And for the Browns, I'm putting the expectations right at their doorstep. They got to win me one. Win me one playoff game, get me one, and then we can go from there. Losing to Baltimore is not the end of the world to me. Losing to Houston and letting C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans go in there in a game they shouldn't win and letting them win, that would be devastating. That's an offseason I can't even imagine. I, I always love when people are like, oh, you, you really want the Browns to win, do you? Yes, yes. I don't think everyone clearly understands what's going on with my life. This matters a ton for you guys. I know it does. Uh, this is my this is my every day. This is my five days a week. This is my five hours a night, five days a week. I have to deal with the ramifications of everything that happens on that football field. I can't live doing five hours a night, five days a week for the next six months in the offseason, getting everyone ready for what will happen with Deshaun Watson if we don't have at least one playoff win. I cannot do that. That will be devastating to me because there will be so much that was left on the table with this team. And you guys know it. You know it. 216474 to below 92. Gito in Cleveland up next on the fan. What's up, Gito? Yo, what's up? How's it going? I think there's man, there's a whole lot of pressure on the Browns. You know, they're just, um, the, that doesn't really matter since they're already in the playoffs, but the Houston just come off lose. They want to start the playoffs on a, on a, a fresh start. They want to start on the right foot. They, you know, they'll fight hard. They have CJ Stroud. <laughs> we, I mean, we got Amari Cooper back, but still, we, we should be fine without him. We... You know, we also want to start off on the same part. They're going to fight well. We have to, you know, just like um, like an actor on a the thing. They have this expectations and this pressure on, on this actor on a uh, show. Yeah. So, you know, you have to do, you have to, you know, go with the flow. Well, and, and, and thank you, Gito. I appreciate you. Let's play with the actor thing for a second. Is there more actor? Is there is there more pressure on Tom Cruise to create a great movie, or is there going to be more pressure on uh, I don't know the guy that you think is like a, a one of those that guy actors, one of the guys that are just kind of they're around, they don't necessarily make or break the movie, they're they're there, they're doing an all right job, they're like the seventh most important person on the movie. Nobody nobody puts it on the seventh most important person in the movie. You put it on Tom Cruise. The Browns are Tom Cruise. Uh, minus the Scientology. Maybe make that abundantly clear. I don't know. I don't know the Brown stance on Scientology. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think they're Tom Cruise level at that point. But you get you get what I'm saying. They're the stars. They they're the number two seed in my mind in the AFC. I say in my mind because we all know they're a wild card as a five seed. But you're an 11 win team that I can't find a better team in the AFC. Not named Baltimore, a team that you beat six weeks ago. And tell me, please, you tell me what team you think is honestly better than the Cleveland Browns right now. It's not going to be the Buffalo Bills. Sorry, we watched Josh Allen try to cough that game away against Miami last night. I'm not doing it. Not going down that road. It's not Miami. Talk about injuries to a team. Miami's got as many injuries as we do currently to big, important players on that defensive uh, on parts of that defense. Vic Fangio's got his work cut out for him. My goodness. It's not Miami. It's not Buffalo. Chiefs offense has been stuck in the mud for weeks now. Absolute weeks. So yeah, I, I think there's pressure on this Browns team because I think so highly of them, and I think we got to make that distinction. It's okay in life to have pressure. I think I think pressure is a really good thing, and I think it'd be really good for a team. But I, I do think what's important about what the last caller made was the idea that getting off to this postseason on the right foot matters just as well and just the same. You know, I'm not talking about the, the rust or anything from taking Week 18 off, but going in there and for Joe Flacco to have a chance to beat up on a, on a Texans defense that made Desmond Ritter look like a pro bowler. Some prime opportunity here. 
216474 to below 92. Calvin and Chardon up next on the fan. What's up, Calvin? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm old enough to remember the Browns when they won in 64, so that should give you a hint about my age. In fact, my kids bought me a T-shirt that that's going around. I want to party like it's 1964. I don't know if you've seen that <laughs> one. But that's a good one. Where'd you watch cool. the 64 game at? Well, I was probably on bended knee in my father's living room, so six or seven years old. Okay. But anyway, here's how much I believe, just so you know. Uh, I did, I don't know anything about betting, but I got some millennial children, and one of them placed a bet for me. I bet 100 bucks that the Lions and the Browns, the two old-time teams who have never made the Super Bowl, the other yeah. two teams, by the way, are the Texans and the Jaguars, I think. But I bet that they would make it to the Super Bowl. 100 bucks pays, if, those, if my bet comes true... $16,000. Now, Calvin, let me ask you this question. Uh, did you get proof that they placed the bet for you, or do you feel like your your kids just pocketed the uh, the cash? Hey, I, I, I'm wondering every day, but I, I look it up. <laughs> on, I, won't, I won't mention the name of the betting, you know, whatever you call it, app, and it's there. You know, okay. how I'll get paid, you, you maybe you can better explain to me. Is somebody oh, going to come by go, and put the cash? That, the, no, it doesn't work pocket. that way. Uh, you no 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 no. They they uh it'll de- it'll deposit right into their app right there, and then uh, they got to link up your bank and everything, and it's a, it's a process, Calvin. It's not easy. It's not it's not like the good old days when the bookie would come by and put it in the mailbox. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about because I have a feeling Uncle Sam's going to want a piece of it too. Is that true or? That is true. Yeah, you got to pay taxes, okay. but but he won't take it out front. So uh, you know you got to okay. you got to be careful with that too. You got to. Well, again, I'm old enough that. to know you got to pay Uncle Sam, so I That's will. Right. That's but anyway, right. hey, to answer your question about my expectations, I, I, yeah. I think generally teams have about a five year window to win it when they get together a good roster, and I think we're in about year three after we've paid Garrett, after we've paid uh, Chubb. Uh, but unfortunately now, Watson's hurt, Chubb's hurt. We're going to have to pay another guy, a lot of guys. we, we got to make a run this year. We might have another shot in another year, maybe the year after, but our our, our time is waning. I, I mean, I'll be really disappointed if we don't get – if we don't win one game, I think we should win two games. Whether we can, I, obviously, I want us to get to the Super Bowl, okay? But uh, we 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 beat the we're the only playoff team that's beaten both the Forty ers and the Ravens. We can exactly do it. Right. We, we gotta exactly believe. Right. Thank you, Calvin. I appreciate you. Good luck on that bet, uh, Dominic. I'm gonna ask you because I know your dad. Your dad, you know, he he, he has a lot of friends in the desert. If your dad had come up to you, and I know your dad's got ways of placing bets, he doesn't need you, but if your dad had come up to you and said, here's $100, place it on the Browns and the Lions, would you have thought to yourself, I'm getting an early step on my inheritance and I'm pocketing that $100 myself, or would you have actually placed that bet? Well, considering he just told me to tell you that the bills are going all the way and that he disagreed <laughs> with you, uh, I would uh, I would say you're wrong and, and probably uh, – and, and probably do with the Browns in this situation. I don't trust the Lions. I, I just – some about him, JP. I just don't trust him. Yeah, I don't trust him either. Uh, $16,000, though, that's actually much better odds than I thought it would be. I don't have $100 to be gambling on the side of Browns-Lions, but uh, that's actually better odds than I thought it was going to be. And, uh, yeah, don't worry. 
I'll, I'm, I might side chat your dad and try to figure out a, a, an outstanding uh, uh, bet me and him can make between uh, his belief in Josh Allen and the Bills after watching last night's game. I, I don't know how anyone can watch last night's game and think to themselves, Josh Allen's the guy. Uh, not for me. Sorry. Not for me. All right. Leave that there. We come on back. Tay Seth Sumer Analytics is going to join us with the latest in the Browns and then get you also set up for some of the postseason action as well. Busy 9 o'clock hour. No fan focus for the time being because I'm home. I have COVID, and so I didn't have access to the studio or any of the little things that I have to get any of the clips ready. So we're not doing the fan focus for a little bit here. It'll be all right. Tay Seth going to join us instead. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterman here with you on the fan. <laughs> 